Hello and welcome to the SR Strategic Sourcing Podcast. My name is Gary Tinsley and I'm joined here today by my colleague Susan Rashid. Hello Sue, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you Gary. How are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. Looking forward to it. Um, In this podcast we're going to discuss the importance of behavioural or soft skills in negotiation. So I thought I'd kick off um, with an analogy. So here we go. So sometimes when you're watching a premiership football match, you see that player who just seems to have that extra half second. Um, you know, they've got the ability to, to think before they do something and they can just sort of steer the ball away from danger or they'll, or they'll see something and put that killer pass through. Um, that's just something that other people just can't do. And I think that's down to... Usually in premiership football um, experience, these guys are probably in the late 20s, early 30s, and they just know what to do at the right time. And they're the, these are also the attributes of a great negotiator. It's that ability to step back, pause, breathe, and then make the right decision. Uh, e- expressing completely planned control of, of body language and, and what they're doing. This person... Will have a, you know they'll have a skill set that they combine body language, other areas such as listening, using emotion well, uh, and they'll know exactly what they're doing and when they're doing it all the time, um, because they'll be very high on things like self-awareness and self-regulation, and these are the sort of things that um, you know these are the behavioural skills that sort of make the difference. Okay, so I thought what we do is we'll just talk through. Um, a number of uh, topics in this type of area. Um, so this sort of person, I started moving on to the first sort of topic, this sort of person is the person that when you arrive, um, you know, will meet and greet you well, um, will look after you, they'll take you to the room, they'll make you, um, you know, a nice cup of coffee, some biscuits, tea, ask how the family's going, how was the holiday, because they're good at it. And what they're doing there is they're establishing rapport um you know that, that and because at the end of the day that's making somebody comfortable and receptive to suggestions and negotiation and you know at the end of the day the old analogy again of it's harder to say no to somebody you like so right from the off the setting the scene and setting the circumstances right you know if you anything to, uh, any comments on that sue i think rapport is really important do you yeah i, th- I think it, you know it's essential to do that because i think you know when you first meet with your opposition i guess um it's really <laughs> important to make them feel relaxed it lowers their their barriers really makes them less resistant and do you know what i think it's much harder to say no to somebody you like yeah I think it's really important to make them feel relaxed and it, it just lowers their guard really, doesn't it? I mean, you know, have you ever been to any meetings where they don't bring out the tea and coffee or, or do you think it's always a strategy that, that's used by very experienced negotiators? I have been to meet and, and, and it's a good point you make. And I was thinking about that while you was on about it then. I have been to meetings, negotiations where they've arrived and the other party doesn't even offer you a drink. I know I don't I don't know how it makes you feel, but it, it sort of really upset me. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, I've I've travelled three hours to get here. You've not even offered me a drink of water. And so straight away almost my barriers are going up. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to agree to anything with you. You know, and it's just like a a, a fundamental. Um 
and 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 what it but what it does and and I think as other one with this on rapport, I think I think it depends on the on the meeting that you're having. Yes. So if it's like a strategic partner that's coming in, it's like best biscuits and would you like coffee or yeah and it's the boardroom isn't it it's you know what i mean it's like and would you like and, and the md's gonna have five minutes with you it's all that sort of stuff um because that meeting's really important yeah. and that person needs to feel valued i think i think you you, you hit a, you hit a point there which reminded me of my, my old automotive days you know if the supplier was important would whip them up to the boardroom um, or if you wanted something out there, your best tea, tea, china, biscuits, sandwiches, and all that sort of stuff. But if we if yeah. we wanted to give them a telling off, we might have taken them to well in those days when you could smoke. You know the the meeting room next to the smoking room. Yeah, that's a good that again. That's that's really valid point as well because uh, you know it, it reminds me of one of my old organisations that um, we we had a it, when I worked in mail order retail we had a room at the back of the buying office that we actually called the chiller mm. and this room was like it was basically brick wall painted white and it had a pipe that was about I don't know about six inches in in diameter and this pipe ran about a foot below the ceiling and it wasn't even a box and every couple of minutes this pipe would shake. <laughs> And, uh, and so, so if you saw if you saw a supplier going through the office to that room, it was a totally different type of negotiation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Place. <laughs> and that also might be the scenario where you, I, I mean, I'd like to say that in it's certainly in my world, you'd still be offered a, a cup of tea or a drink. Um, but the scenario is very, very different. And I think it's it's important that um, when you're establishing that rapport that you do it sort of appropriate to the um the type of meeting that you're having exactly yeah yeah so i think rapport is really important but you know as soft skills that 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 on the on the positive side of you know it's a real it's a strategic partner then it's it's boardroom it's all your tech singing and dancing you've prepared it in advance it's uh, teas coffees biscuits uh, and maybe on and maybe onwards lunch and meeting with somebody senior and it's all about establishing that atmosphere for uh, you know working That's together scene, isn't it it's, it's, it's that um yeah. collaboration isn't it the principle yeah. negotiation it's really yeah and it, it's that thing about um you know or some people go oh that's not important then you're wasting time and you get straight to the meeting well if you get that wrong, that rapport, potentially that meeting's not going to go well. Yeah. And you've, you've blown it in the first, like that one where I arrived and I wasn't even offered a drink. I wasn't particularly receptive from then on in that in that discussion. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's absolutely um, critical. But you've also got to think that, you know, the, the organisation that you're negotiating with or the person that, you know, that might be their tactic they're using as well. So you need to think about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of, um, yeah. And we'll come back to that actually, mm. because that, that ability to be constantly aware and adapt accordingly and maybe to say, you know what, they haven't given me a drink, but I'm, that, I'm not going to let that disturb how I'm going to deal in this, in this scenario. That's yeah. a great point. I think maybe at that time, 
I, I probably still had things to learn <laughs> because, because I took that particularly badly and never really bought into the meeting or, or and was quite, you know, obstructive to things that they'd suggest. And yeah, and but then I was still young at that time. So maybe at that time, like that, that was something I probably well, still had. And to it's yeah. re realising that, that if that is the tactic that's been taken, is is like you say, to ignore it and overcome it. Yeah. And just keep, yeah. you know. Anyway, we're going to talk about that in a bit, aren't we? Yeah, no, it's a great point, that. And I think that it's a bit like my football analogy. I think a lot, some, a lot of this stuff does does come with experience. And I suppose what, what we're trying to do is help people to fast track that experience by, you know, sharing ours to some extent. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so then I'll move on to persuasion methods. And in this in this discussion, we're obviously talking about um, soft skills. So within, within persuasion methods, you know, there's one in particular that stands out a mile, which is the use of emotion. Mm. In, in negotiation <laughs> and it, it, it's a well-known it's actually statistically proven fact that the number one uh persuasion method you know isn't logic it isn't facts it's emotion and it's it's you know often i think in the uk we naturally think well i'm not using emotion in negotiation that's weak uh, i'll stick to the facts uh, the number of times i've gone into a into a room full of students and said, you know, if you're in a negotiation, would you use logic or would you use emotion? In the in the UK, virtually every time, 90%, I'd use logic, I'd use facts. It's just something we don't do you, naturally default to. Gary, do you, do you think individuals have a natural preference to use different types of um, persuasion methods? Definitely. I think, I think that's what I'm saying. I think, I think if you was, when, if you're negotiating in Italy, these guys will pretty much default to emotion right from the off. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's culture, and I think isn't it is it? A, yeah, I think it is a cultural thing. Um, and so, but I think for us, um, and the, I suppose the key for emotion is the the planned use of controlled emotion is extremely planned, powerful. Planned being yeah. the key word but, here. Yeah, yeah, uncontrolled use of emotion is bad you know crying in the meeting or slamming your, slamming your book down and storming out the room that's not great use of emotion <laughs> um but but to actually I'm, i tell you what though if you had, if you had actually planned ahead and said to your side at this point i'm actually going to shut my file and leave the meeting and i'm planning to do that then that could be effective um it's a bit it's a bit dramatic um, but it could be effective. But I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of sort of combining um, emotion with body language. So you know, for somebody, for, for you to be at a certain point in a in a negotiation and it not really be moving forward, for for you to suddenly sort of um, I don't know, not 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 as dramatic as put your head in your hands, but rest your head on your hand and maybe rub your brow and say. Well, I didn't really think we reached this. I, you know, I can't tell you how disappointed I am. Um, really, really impactful, uh, especially if it's not something that they're used to hearing from you. Um, and you know that they, that could move things along. Or things like, well, I thought I know I thought our relationship was a lot better than this. Mm -hmm. um, again, you know, that's it. Doesn't even have to be said. Yeah, I suppose it's, I think I feel. Isn't it that they're the sort of key words, aren't they, that lead to that? 
Yeah, and, and, and it, you know, it doesn't even have to be expressed straight. I think people think of emotion straight away about jumping up and down and pointing no. fingers. Not, it, 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 you know, it's not, that's, again, that's more often than not the uncontrolled use. But the planned use um, is really powerful. And I think um, if you're in an environment where, you know, I think on the subject of emotion and logic, I think if you're in an environment where your facts are really, really strong and, you know, you, you, you think that's basically that, that they can't counter them, then go down the logic path. No argument with that. But if, but if a supplier comes in and knows damn well that they can't, they're not going to compete, you know, let's say a commodity price has dropped 20% and you're looking for a reduction, they won't engage in the logic path with you they'll take you straight to emotion. they'll take you straight to emotion and say well how long have we had this relationship and they'll talk about things like that and it's similar for us that if we were in an environment where you know our facts weren't strong enough then and the suppliers in that case will come in they'll talk facts and then we need to flip to emotion and i think it it's that ability to recognize a scenario and take that minute and it actually think I can't win here on facts. I'll go to emotion. And do, really do you know, um, with, with your ex experience, your extensive experience, would you find yourself, I know I did, but would you find yourself switching from logic and emotion throughout the negotiation, depending on the point? I think in my latter time, yes. Um, you know, I've had a spell where I've been delivering, as you know, the, um, SIPS material, procurement material, and procurement training for years. And then obviously I went back into being a supply chain director. And you don't have to go back in much more armed then. And then in negotiations in that environment, in sort of 2018 uh, to 2020, yes, I would sit there and think, you know what, I'm going to try a bit of emotion here. Or, that, uh, or they're using emotion because they know that they cannot win on facts. And so you would... I would actually think about those things whilst being in the meeting. And that's that, that's that extra second, isn't it? That's that little bit of extra that, you know, you, you recognize traits, but that, that's really comes with, um, with experience. I think it, it's important for, you know, anybody who listens to this or anybody that we teach that, that they get, you know, we, they take these points on board and try them out. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think, I think, yeah, that's that 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 is key. Um, but yeah, so I think on on emotion, I've got a. I think also, like we talked about, the planned use of emotion. I've got a little uh, story I'll share with you about um, where I actually once planned the use of emotion with my MD, with a key supplier in a strategic meeting, um, and we'd almost even staged it. Um, but it was incredibly effective. So I knew this was going to be a difficult negotiation. And this was when I was in the automotive industry. And I'd said to my MD, do me a favour. And after about 45 minutes, just come in and meet everybody, say hello to them. Um, and then um, what I want you to do just after that is, is then leave. Um, but, I but I want you to do something specific for me before you leave anyway so what happened was i'm about 45 minutes into this negotiation and my md 
who everybody in the industry knew. These guys all knew him. He, he was a massive character. Um, stuck his head, he read a glass panel. So he stuck his head through the glass panel and started pointing at these guys. And he came in and he's like, oh, I didn't know you were here. Why didn't somebody tell me you were here? Gary, why didn't you tell me these guys were here? Nice to see you. And shook hands with everyone. How are you doing? Oh, it's great. Oh, really, really nice to see you. And then he sat down and he said, so anyway, how, how's it going? How's things going? And I said, I said, well, to be honest, um, not great. We don't really seem to have moved very far. Um, you know, so I don't, you know, we, we're only, you know, we've only been here 45 minutes, but I don't know what you guys think. But from my perspective, I don't think it's particularly going really that well so far. And then he said, oh, oh, that's disappointing. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. But anyway, I've got a few things to do, so um, I'll leave you with it. Um, all the best, lads. See you later. And he walked out, and their faces dropped. They were like, can you go and get him? Can you bring him back? Can you bring... I'm like, well, I didn't even know he was coming in. And in the next sort of 40 minutes, they moved on, on so many things. Uh, but at the end of the meeting, they were adamant, you know, can you please bring him back in and tell him what we've reached, what we've reached. So I went and got him brought him back in and he went, how's it gone? And I said, yeah, we've reached some, you know, we've reached a great conclusion. It's gone really, really well. And and then he was like, oh, thanks very much, lads. Really, you know, thanks for coming in. And it's great. I've always loved working with your business. It's a great business. And, uh, I, you know, I look forward to seeing you again. And it's great that, you know, everything's working well. And it was like massively um, impactful. And after I went in his office and he was like, did I do okay? And I was like, absolutely super. <laughs> um, and it was just the... I mean, it's a bit, you know, it was the absolute, it's a, it's a reflection, I guess, Sue, of preparation. We'd, we'd almost scripted it, planned it, delivered it, and got the result. Um, and it was, again, I suppose, the use of, of soft skills. Um, but, again, you can't do that regularly. It's people will, you know, start to read it and know that you're going to do it. Just mixing things up, I guess. So yeah, so I think um, that. So I think emotion is really, really um, powerful, and it's something that people need to think about, and that ability to use it or not use it, and have the awareness in the meeting to 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 think about what's going on and how you can be flexible it is really powerful. Okay, so yeah, what do, what do you think about that, Sue? Have you got any examples of sort of people using emotion like that? Yeah, I absolutely have, actually. Um, I've used that myself, but I think the first time I experienced it, didn't realise until I started doing my procurement training what, you know, what they were doing. But I had a director that did exactly the same um, in a meeting that I was in, and I didn't understand why at the time. And he had a very similar outcome, actually. And I asked him after, why did you come in? And, and he explained he was, he was quite high level, very strategic, you know, automotive. Um, and, and it was exactly what you've said, really, exactly the same reason. But at the time, I didn't realise until I'd asked him. And it was very incredibly powerful. And I learned very quickly. I and mean, it's someone that I um, learned a hell of a lot from, actually. Um, yeah, it was really, really powerful. And I think going forward in my career, I used it quite a lot, but much more planned, i.e. I was involved mm. involved in the planning and not, not you know, having that surprise visit during a negotiation. But um, it, it's yeah. really, really useful. 
I, th- I think what it is as well, if you if on that still on that power theory, it's sort of using um, it's sort of using emotion from persuasion methods with positional power. Absolutely. Isn't it? Positional so, so what happened there was that you know it, it was a planned use of emotion, but also leleveraging his um, positional power. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. the need for the supplier to want to please, you know, want to please and obviously retain the business. So, yeah, and I suppose I suppose from my my perspective as well to recognise uh, that you know my MD clearly had much more positional power than me. I was quite senior, uh, but to not just think, well, I should be able to get as good a deal as him, but to actually think, well, no, actually, he he, he will always add something because of you know they'll they'll be happy to just go back and say, oh, we actually sat down with the MD for a while. Yeah. So if you talk about humility to say well actually let's use that and plan that and then bring him in and it make a difference and it certainly did you know i was a bit, i had a feeling it wouldn't go i wouldn't get particularly that far and that what he would make a difference um and you know he absolutely did um he, he had everything to be fair a bit like your example because he had positional power he used emotion but he also had moving on to something else he also had referent power uh because he was a particularly charismatic, like I said earlier, everybody in automotive knew him um, and they all loved him. And he was a big, imposing figure. And he, uh, he just had um, charisma and charm off the scale. And that's another, I mean, that's a more difficult sort of attribute. To, you can't really learn that or train that. But it doesn't have to make a difference in a negotiation if somebody, you know, every, they, they, it was it was almost beyond like they all loved him. They all loved spending time with him, um, and it was really, really, really powerful. But that one, referent power. What do you think about that one? Do you know anybody who's? Who, I've got a story on that as well. But do you know anybody who's got referent power? Yeah. Power, you know. Yeah, I think for me, I think there's there's kind of two types of individual people that have naturally got that referent power and those yeah. that kind of have to work at it unfortunately i think i'm one of those that have to work at it but then i don't know others would tell me different but yeah, yeah. i think i think it's it's a powerful tool um you know you having that charm and charisma being, being able to influence others getting people to like them i think i think yeah. you're a very very strong player if you have got that and it is natural other than that you have yeah. to work at it you know and again that takes some training and planning too yeah you're definitely right and i think one thing about that referent power as well it doesn't have a it it, it doesn't relate to positional power no. uh, you know anybody can have it um it's almost at times been a little bit cheeky, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it doesn't, well, I tell you what, if somebody's got it and they're also at a senior level, like like the guy I'm talking about, he, he, he you know, he was the MD, he also had referent power, like you say, makes them extremely um, powerful. Yeah. And some people are just good at it, aren't yeah. they? They're just and I think, a natural thing. Uh, you know, for me, you know, someone who's naturally got it can walk in the room and change the atmosphere in seconds. Yeah. And that's yeah, so powerful, definitely. particularly in negotiations. Yeah, yeah, it's that person. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a sort of, well, a domestic example. So, so my wife um, has a friend. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, and this person has this power. 
I'll not name her in case she ever listens to us and then shoots me. But um, so if we're ever going, unfortunately, we're not at the minute, but if we're ever going out, uh, we always end up going where my wife's friend wants to go. And so, you know, maybe about a year ago, my wife said, we're off to Manchester. And um, I, I found this, when I was away the other week, I went to this restaurant called Oaxaca. It's a Mexican restaurant. It's fantastic. And they've got one in Manchester. So I think we should go there. Um, and I, I don't get involved in any of these are negotiations. I do not get involved in. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And um, she said, I'll just ring person X and uh, I'll have a discussion and, and, and tell her, you know, I think we should go there. It'll be brilliant, etc." 20 minutes later, she comes off the phone. I said, are we going to what hackers then? She said, no, no, no. We're going to, um, we're going to uh, somewhere else. It's um, a real ale pub. And, uh, and she said, you know, you'd love it um, because it's got a, a, a wide range of real ales. And she thinks that, you know, why don't we go there? Because you'd love it and it's great. And I thought, she's absolutely superb. <laughs> so I was quite happy to go to Oaxaca's. Um, but she's done you by saying, let's go to this real ale pub because Gary will love it because there's a big selection of beers. And, <laughs> and she does it every time. It, she, she'll find a way to say this certain thing so I've said to him, future, just don't bother trying to think where we're going. Just ring her and ask her where we're going, because that's where we'll be going anyway. Yeah, it's just that powerful. <laughs> but did you enjoy it? I, the, the, as I say, there's a difference between business negotiations, so and domestic yeah, negotiations. Yeah, I think when you've done your working week and stuff, like for me, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather be told in those situations. Yeah. I'd have quite happily gone to Oaxaca, but I do like a nice real ale. So, so you're happy. <laughs> um, it's a win-win now. Yeah, yeah, I was a win-win. Yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just said to in future, don't bother. Just just ring her and ask her where we're going because she will have already decided where we're going. It's just how she's going to get that across to you so you buy into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really good. So referent powers are, are really, um, like I say, difficult to train. Uh, and I think, and I think your comments a good comment though. If, that, that, that you know doesn't mean you can't try and develop it and use it, but some people just just have it, and it's 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 something you know to think about. Um, okay, and then and then I want to go move on to a big one that you know, obviously me and you know quite well, um, which is emotional intelligence. Oh, yes. um, I think this is this one is absolutely key i think this this is the piece where you know where we started with the football analogies that that person with the emotional intelligence is in all of the time knows what they're, they're doing why they're doing it. yeah they, they know what they're doing they know why they're doing it they know what they're going to do next they're observing the other side and they've just got that extra time yeah. haven't they is and, and i would, I I would say as well you know that's really important that n not only are they in control of their own emotions feelings behaviors and motivations but they're aware of the opposition they know where they're coming yeah. from they've done their research they know they can see it they're looking at the body languages that they're seeing the positions the way they move you know it's yeah. really really a fantastic tool if you've got that it's amazing yeah, and also, you know, another attribute of the uh, Goldman and emotional intelligence, self-regulation. Mm. 
So if, if something, you know, if something's gone really bad in the meeting and, or, or, you know, something's been said that really is really annoying, you know, this person um, either won't show it or will deliberately show it because they know what they're doing in the play. Right. Okay. If that's where we're going, I'm going to use a bit of emotion here and, uh, and then, then they will do. And it's just, it's just, they've got, for me, it's that attribute of flexibility um, and adaptability and being able to recognize situations to, to, to regulate themselves. Um, and like you say, have that awareness of, of everything that's going yeah, everything on. Around it's them. And it's, and it's not just the person sat opposite that it's, it's the other people in the room as well. Cause that, that's a yeah. talent in yeah. itself, isn't it? You know, organizations yeah. now they're, they're, you know, they choose to, they're choosing to have people that have got more emotional intelligence than actually um, IQ. Yes. So, yes. You know, this yeah. is a lot. Yeah. I think your ability to you, I think it's a great point. That I think your ability to communicate with others, especially mm. in this difficult time, um, is more. In, you know, in a normal working environment, you, you're walking around talking to people, speaking to people, and yes, you'll still use your emotional intelligence. But now you've lost that. I mean, you've got you've got it with things like Teams and Zoom and whatever, but it's not quite the same. And and I think you're right. I think um, you know that that if you were to say to me what what do you want from an individual do you want very high iq or very high eq and you can only have one you'd go for the eq absolutely get take i think it takes you further and what it allows you to do as well i mean the the the, you know the one i always use in 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 the classroom environment is is barack obama Mm. um because he had he had a pretty high IQ, you know, clearly. Oh, I um, to compare him to a Gordon Brown. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, he had a much higher EQ. Yeah. So Obama was able to recognise that there were certainly specialists in certain areas that were far more uh, knowledgeable in certain areas than he was. But um, but he would recognise that and let them be free and let them express themselves and and, and help him. Um, Rather than rather than pretend or not accept that and think that he's the master of everything, so he had he had extremely he's often referred to as extremely high EQ um, and probably a great negotiator. Um, but yeah, I think I think things like if somebody with uh, back to the beginning, somebody who's got very high IQ and a very high EQ will be extremely powerful, won't they, in um, in, in negotiation? And and I think. EQ is one that you probably can develop. What do you think? I think I think yeah. I, I think with all with all these soft skills, I think they are they are, you know, stuff that is trainable. And it, but it does take practice. Yeah. It doesn't come naturally. It's stuff that takes a lot of planning and training, um, and patience. Yeah. It, and, and a lot of it comes from experience. I think Gary as well. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. I, I know I'm certainly much better. At, better at controlling my emotions now as an adult or a quite mature yes. adult, I would say now um than I was you know when I was in my 20s um, yeah yeah absolutely. certain yeah I think uh, things like self-awareness and self-regulation they're the two key ones for me and and you know in, in my latter my last role I, I would be sat there in these environments thinking what you do with your body language, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
and, and reckon make sure you you know you, you I'd be positioned in terms of body language knowing why I'm doing what I'm doing and there's such a difference that and then you're looking across and trying to under, interpret theirs and understand theirs and so you've got that awareness of yourself and then obviously regulation is if it's is is if it isn't going your way not to sat, be sat there banging the table or when I was in the classroom and we were talking about emotional intelligence and when I am in the classroom I guess um I always used yeah. to um ask the learners to look at the Alan Sugar the apprentice and watch some of their negotiations yeah. and just watch the body language and the behavior from both parties from the buyers and also from from the apprentices that were selling um and it was you know it's really you can see it, it stands out like a sore thumb yeah yeah definitely um and you know other skills like again this person with the high eq will have um good social skills they will they will have empathy skills and the other one yeah they'll be highly motivated so they'll be using all of these attributes um to sort of get the result that they're looking for and it is it's an extremely powerful thing and it's something that i enjoy delivering and, and talking to people about because um you know it makes an enormous difference and i, and I totally agree with you you know if, if i go back 20 years i think my self-awareness would have been pretty minimal mm. and my self-regulation possibly even yeah. less so <laughs> so so i think i think this is definitely an area that's but, trainable um when you when you read it you, watch it, you think yeah i, I need to I mean, when you think about Sorry, it gary 20 years ago or maybe a bit more for for me 20 years ago or so, I w weren't even aware what emotional intelligence was. And that's that's the advantage no. of, you know, so, some of the people that we're training today, you know, they yes. have because they're getting the awareness and they're young. So if you get the awareness, yeah. then you can start practising and, and paying attention to it. Yeah, and that that's what it's all about, isn't it, I think, is, is, is in the role, in the sort of roles that we have, is to try and... Like I said earlier, almost fast track people to say yeah. these are the attributes that you need. Watch this guy's video, um, and you know one things that we do like role play, fantastic for this. Mm. Uh, in a safe yeah. environment, have yeah. all. Here's a here's a scenario. You're in a safe environment. Try some of this stuff out. Try some on the emotion. Try using your emotional intelligence. And when we vid videoed it and watched the you know the the delegates watch themselves in the negotiation they're so shocked at yeah. their behavior even more powerful then because they really see how how much they need to maybe improve in certainly areas like self-regulation yeah <laughs> yeah and then you know, they're quite often saying i didn't realize i did that i don't realize that i do that all the yes. time i'm not even aware that i'm doing that yeah so you know that's one of the, the most common feedback isn't it I think if you're doing video role play, I think um, there's two sort of common themes. The first theme is I don't yeah. want to do it. Um, and then followed by when they're viewing it back, I didn't know that I did that. And then followed by at the end of the course, what bit did you enjoy the most? The yeah, video role exactly. play. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of it sort of rolls through like that um, virtually every time. And I think... You know, it's incredibly powerful to watch yourself back and um, and, and, and see what you do. And it's amazing what 
people don't recognise that they've actually done. You know, I I did a video role play with a guy. With this was a, it was a, in Vienna, actually, of all places. And we had the guy on the course who was a, a Bulgarian guy. Not that that matters, but it was in the video role play. And after about three minutes, and I know I'm on podcast, not video, but he sort of went <sighs> and flung his arms in the air. And when I watched that back, I said to him, did you know you did that? Because it was the most pronounced thing. Mm. And he said, no, he said, no, I didn't know I did that. And I was like, wow. <laughs> to, to think that he, he didn't realise that he'd actually done that. And he was, and even he was shocked. He was like, wow, I genuinely didn't know I'd done that. And, and it's so obvious, isn't it? And yeah. I was like, well, yeah, you might want to try and control that. Or if you're going to do that, know that you're yeah. doing that the, and you're doing it the sitting back and crossing their arms is is another really really you know because it's a quite a natural thing to do but that's really stands out as well yeah. to me when when watch, watching these things yeah that's a good thing that, that, that let's move on to that one then so body language yeah so i think body language also in and body language and self-awareness isn't it because being aware of how you're actually using your body language as against being out of control with it and it's predictable and readable. Um, we're not, so we're yeah, not so we sit so, there and do nothing, just sit there like a statue, are we? No, no, no. You get just just know what you're doing. Just be sat comfortable. Uh, or if you want, you know, in terms, if you think about earlier when we talked about rapport body language to sort of uh, support that would be eye contact yeah, yeah nodding uh, simple stuff yeah leaning yeah. forward nodding and yeah and then saying things like i was going to say active listening as well you know because that's really important yeah. because you, you know you're letting the the other person know that you're actually listening to them just just really yeah it's really powerful paraphrasing but it's quite a natural thing to do yeah, things like, so my understanding of what you said there, Sue, was this, is that right? And then for you, that means, one, I'm listening, yeah. and two, I'm, re I'm repeating back correctly what you, the message you wanted to yeah. get across. So for you, that's like a good thing, yeah. you boost. Um, and it's so easy to do. And, um, and Sorry, I was just yeah, going to say, one, one of the things that I, you know, I think is really, really important to just point out here, eye contact, eye contact and yeah. the lack of it doesn't always mean a negative because it can be a cultural thing particularly when we're talking dealing with international procurement and international negotiations yeah. um some cultures yeah, it's definitely. a respectful thing not to make eye contact but you know um, yeah here we very much think if someone's not making eye contact they might be lying Yes, yes, yeah. No, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think international might be one that we should yeah, probably do another absolutely. an actual podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a whole it's a whole different yeah, arena. Yeah, completely. <laughs> um, but yes, but I think um I think yeah, the the body language is really important and being in control of it. Um I once sat well, I remember once being sat next to the chief executive officer of, of, of the group that I worked for, and I was on the same side of the table as him. Um, and across the table, he would have looked. He had his hands basically under the table, but from across the table, he would have looked absolutely fine. But I was sat next to him on this side of the table. And I looked down, and he had his hands 
uh, at the side of him and his fists were clenched and they were almost like white. This guy's absolutely raging. Um, but if you're sat across mm. the table, you wouldn't know. Um, so he obviously had some sort of uh, self-awareness and, and in his case, self-regulation and, and, and body language skills. Um, so, yeah, but I think that one's, a, that one's a big one. But if you're going to use body language... You know, things aren't going well. You can you can use body language to express that, can't you? You know, you can sit there, you can shake your head or, like you say, cross your arms. The, the, the key to that, though, is to know that you're doing that. Exactly. Um, yeah, and to say, right, okay, well, this ain't going great. So I'm going to express that. Uh, shortly, I'm going to use some emotion as well, but I'm going to explore it. So, yeah, like my thing before, just sit down with you hold your head with your hands and just say how disappointed you are. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really say how disappointed you are with a big smile. No, no, not at all. Yeah. So I think that, I think, yeah, body language really important. Um, and, and, you know, I think we'll wrap this up with a, putting a few things together. The other one that I want to bring in again, which is an area for us that we obviously spend a lot of time on and, and understand and definitely links to this and will be a, great for people to learn in soft skills is uh, is SDI strength mm -hmm. deployment inventory and again so you know if you're in that negotiation environment and you fully understand your own motivational value system so, you know self-awareness is a key part of of SDI you've got that self-awareness you know who you are you know what you're you know you know that you're a hobo you're a red or you're a green um and it, you're comfortable with that. That'll help you with the planning as well. The planning tactics yeah. and the negotiation. Definitely. It's a, that's a great point. Because if you know a red is coming in, you know, you know this person that's coming in and they are red. And let's say they're very red. Then you can plan accordingly, yeah, so can't you? they're very target driven and uh, very focused. Yeah, so you may choose. Yeah, so you could have the option of, at the beginning, um... You know, you have, you've basically got the options of going red with the red and meeting them head on, or you could choose to go blue with the red and spend the first half an hour talking about your holiday. I'm and, not sure that, that um, works really well with the red because they might get very irritated by that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the point. That's the point. What I'm going to do, I'm going to wind them up something chronic by going, <laughs> by going spectacularly blue on them to the point where they're ready to explode, and that, and then I'll start discussing the things that we yeah, want to discuss. Yeah, when, when they're off the game. <laughs> yeah, but it's that thing again of being in yeah. control, isn't it? And then that person with the with his SDI skills can they, you, somebody who's really strong in SDI can probably go into a room, meet somebody they've not met before, and make a pretty accurate judgment within yeah, about ten minutes of. Yeah. Wait this guy up now. And He's that's definitely a, absolutely why um, it's really important to have that nonsense chatter prior to the negotiation, particularly if you've never met them before, because yeah. you can then work out what their motivational value system is. Yeah, and that's that's another great point. It, it reminds me of something else that a video I once watched, and this this one love this bit. This this the lady actually she said. When you're having that rapport piece and you're having the, the, you know, at the beginning and the talk and how's the family and football team or whatever it is, she said, that's the point that the other side are in their most comfortable body language mm. position. 
So you've got you've almost yeah. got to take a snapshot at that point and put that, that's them in a really comfortable place. Right, okay. If you're an hour later and they're still in that type of uh, posture, then you know they're still really comfortable. If they're in a completely different state and a completely different sort of posture and expressing different body language, then you know you, as much as they might be talking particularly still comfortable and they're actually not uh and i did like that i thought that was a great thing that you know in that in that period of of rapport take an actual body language snapshot of this is them in their comfortable state um it's all a bit it's all I, a I bit love, canny isn't yeah, it <laughs> yeah I, I love i love body language and things like that the, the finger placements the eye contact the, the, the positioning, the how they sit in the chair, where they sit in the room, that that you know the dragon the dragon seat, I I love all that. I think it's fascinating, um, and it's you know if yeah. you if you know if you know stuff about that, about that, and you combine that with the um, you know understanding the motivational value systems, that's that's amazing. And then think yeah. about all the other things we've just talked about. Yeah. It did, and they, they, these are like the, the great skills, absolutely great skills to have. And I suppose um, on from that, then I suppose we want to, it doesn't have to be the final thing, but the, the, the final thing I've got at the moment uh, is, again, mm. clusters. So putting these clusters together of using emotional intelligence or using emotion even combined with body language is you know you can put all the like you like you were sort of saying then really you can put all of these skills together and wrap them up and put them into clusters and it is just and so so it is powerful. and you know what Gary we've only just talked about the tip of the iceberg here yeah yeah so yeah yeah I mean it's I really like this area I mean there's other things that we're going to discuss on negotiation planning prep etc but I really like this area of um soft mm -hmm. skills behavioral skills i think this this is the area that actually um makes a difference and i think the you know the key um is to some extent as well as obviously gaining these skills and gaining these attributes but combining them with really good yeah. planning um and actually actually planning for how you're going to be and what soft skills you're going to use in the negotiation which i bet there's a lot of people just, just no, don't and it that. all begins with awareness i mean a lot of individuals that are you know doing do negotiations they're just not aware of these soft skills they're not aware what they're displaying they're not aware what what different skills there are available um and how to use them effectively which, which can let them down yeah and i, I yeah, and I do think as well, and a lot of, and, and I think it's changing. Uh, but I, I maybe a lot of people also don't value them, um, and think, well, it's all about getting all, it's all about getting the data, getting the facts, get in there and tell them how it is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this, and, uh, this all links to me. This all links to relationship management, doesn't it, as well? Because you use soft skills. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think the other thing that we've also got to consider, and I would also I would almost say presume, presume that the other party is extremely well trained yeah. in this area. You know, I think from a procurement perspective, I think in the last I don't know seven to ten years, uh, or maybe more five to seven years, we've come a long way in trying to 
um, train this area. But most businesses will have huge training budgets for sales guys. And sales guys will be trained big style in, in this area. Um, so I think for us, and, and you'll have seen it so over the years, won't you? They're, 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 their use of emotion is it, it is really, you know, they do combine emotion with, with body language. Even the words they use, don't the things like, oh my God, so I'd love to do that for you. But if I do that for you, I might, you might not see me again because when I get out to base and tell them I've agreed that, I might be on my way. You know, they, they, they go way over the top on, on emotion. Um, and, uh, and they will also know what they're doing, you know? So I think we're playing catch up a bit in procurement. Um, but I think we are catching up and I think people need to sort of, um, recognize and value these skills. Absolutely. Couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you, Gary. Okay. Um, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else that we want to add? I think we've touched on everything we wanted to touch on. I think it's uh, really enjoyed it. It's a good one for us to discuss. And I guess for us, to be fair, Sue, it's the first one of a of a number of negotiation podcasts that we're, that we're going to do. But um, I think it was a good one to start with. Is there anything that you'd like no, to add? I think so. I just think, I mean, for me, well, both you... You, you and I know that we could probably talk for a day on each of these topics that we've just touched on today. There's just much to them, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I look forward to our next yeah, one, Gary. Brilliant. Okay, brilliant stuff. So thanks for that. Thanks for for joining in there, Sue. And I think it's been great. So, uh, and, uh, you know, in the next one, I think we'll go on to discuss um, the importance of preparation in negotiation. Okay, well, thank thanks you. very much, and I'll thank see you, you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.